Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley, or am I? And today we're talking a movie from 2005 to kick off the Halloween season. Yay. The Skeleton Key. And our first ever Kate Hudson review. I mean, are there many? She's got like Almost Famous. And that would be a good one to review, but she was a thing. 20 years ago, big deal. Oh yeah, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Fool's Gold. She had like the Matthew McConaughey thing going. Successor to her mom, Goldie Hawn. And she is or isn't Kurt Russell's daughter? Is not. She's someone Hudson's daughter? Yep. Yeah, she's all fresh-faced and playing a 25-year-old. Yeah. I read that she was pregnant. Uh, It actually delayed the production of this movie. And then after she had her baby, then she like worked hard and lost a bunch of weight or whatever uh, to to play this role. And then she would like do a scene and dart out of the room and feed her kid and come running back in and stuff. No way. Go super mom. And so that was her. That's the child that she had with the Black Crows singer. Yep, art imitates life. This, I believe that was her kid with Chris Robinson, but she's kind of a groupie in her own right because she also had a child with your boy from Muse. Matt Bellamy. And they never stayed together. I got nothing against Kate Hudson. I don't mean to say that in in a disparaging kind of way other than the fact that she took our original, one of our proposed podcast titles, our name, the name we we came up with. Did it have something to do with brother and sister? Yep, it was Sibling Revelry. With Oliver Hudson. How's that going, Kate Hudson? (laughs) Right. You can't. That's our gimmick, that we're siblings. I mean, it's a hook. It it explains our relationship pretty handily. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know if it's a gimmick. It just is what it is. So had you not seen The Skeleton Key? You know, it had been a long time. I remembered, I'm here, Lord. Take me. (laughs) Anytime, Lord. (laughs) So when she played the record in the in the attic, I was like, I knew what was, you know, it was one of those instances where I knew what the record was going to say before it said it. Yeah. But I think that might have more to do with your Halloween party than it than it did with my one viewing of this film. Yep. The Skeleton Key was one of my finer, one of my more fortuitous bathrooms of terror. 
Can you explain for our listeners' benefit what the bathroom of terror? That sounds really scary. <laughs> it was because it was so dumb. We, I would do the Halloween parties in my apartment in Redondo Beach, and then later at Mom's house in the big front room. Most of the parties would have a theme, and by party, I just mean lots of decorations, lots of food, and I would choose a scary movie to watch. But I always reveled in having the uh, a different, entirely different theme for the bathroom, contained exclusively in one bathroom, which I thought was kind of funny. So I called it the bathroom of terror, and the tag, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the tagline of my sign for the door was, "It will scare the s out of you." <laughs> Get it? Anyway, so the skeleton key was a Redondo Beach bathroom, which was very tiny, which means this was a, a pretty early stage Halloween party. And I say it fortuitously because I was walking down to the car and I walked down and the apartment complex had just replaced all its bathroom vanity mirrors. So there were like 10 mirrors down by the dumpster. Some of them were dirty and some of them were broken. And I was like, ooh. So I like grabbed them and dragged them upstairs and positioned them all around the bathroom with real like voodoo and hoodoo hexes and symbols on them. I spray painted them with red spray paint. I let it drip for, for effect. So I'm pretty sure that it was that I actually conjured something in the bathroom that year. That's so scary. Set up Papa Justifies, Conjure of Sacrifice record and, and candles with sage in them and stuff and all kinds of stuff. It was... It was great. And probably no one had seen the movie, didn't know what was happening. And then when you dispose of the mirrors, I'm sure you terrified like everybody in your apartment complex. Um, maybe. The terror continued. But being a bit younger, this being an old movie, I uh, opened the dumpster and I think I like kind of tossed them in there a little less than gently so that they would shatter all over the place at the bottom of the dumpster. Oh, my God. Do you know what this is like? A recipe blog. What fall is coming. <laughs> And back in the day, we used to have Halloween parties. And nothing warms up a Halloween party like a good bathroom of terror. And like we talk for like pages and pages before we ever get to the recipe. It's so true. I always immediately scroll to the bottom of internet recipes because I'm like, I just want to know the ingredients and the cooking instructions, please. <laughs> like I don't need to know key. the whole backstory behind the scallion and cheese egg biscuits. Right. <laughs> The skeleton key, the scallion and cheese egg biscuit of horror movies. Uh, doesn't that sound good, though? I Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Kelly Ray's obsessed with scallion pancakes, Korean oh, style. Oh, potato? Potato ones? I don't know. Maybe. That's more like lock keys or whatever. The skeleton yeah. key. Okay, so the skeleton key. So in 2005, Kate Hudson is a thing. Peter Sarsgaard is a thing? I mean, he's definitely a hot thing. I mean, <laughs> he was emerging from his little independent movies and stuff. He's an unconventional star, maybe a little bit like Jake Gyllenhaal, where he has some big movies, but otherwise he just kind of toils and does his thing in the shadows. Hmm. Yeah, now he's Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Gyllenhaal. Ew, no. I mean, Mr. Gyllenhaal. Oh, wait. <gasps> That's so weird. He was married to Maggie. He is married. No. Yeah. He's married yeah. to Maggie Gyllenhaal. That Jake Gyllenhaal right. reference wasn't connected to his wife at all. That's weird. <laughs> so, That's like hoodoo. <laughs> That's some weird subconscious hoodoo magic going on. Yeah, because he plays a similarly kind of gross role in The Lost Daughter. What do you and mean gross? He's all refined and in a suit and gentlemanly at all times. Making soft passes at Caroline. And making hard passes at Carrie Mulligan in, in an education. So he's he's always gentlemanly and refined and in a suit and really scummy. 
And we have Jenna Rollins. I didn't know she pronounced her name like that. Long established uh, actress and horror legend and movie icon John Hurt. From which horror film? From The Almighty Alien. Definitely a horror film. Who does he play in Alien? Kane. Kane, yeah. Of the chestburster fame. Does Alien qualify as a sci-fi movie or horror or what? And we talked about it with Event Horizon similarly. Yeah. Sci-fi horror is a thing. It's like a, I think it's more of a, a subgenre of sci-fi than it is of horror. And in a way, I feel like The Skeleton Key is almost a movie from a different era. Could you see this movie being made in the 60s? When it would have like blown everyone away and and sparked protests about hoodoo and stuff and people feeling that their their children were being manipulated. Hmm. That it would have been really controversial 20 years earlier. Yeah, it's PG-13, which is always strange to me. It's definitely got this gothic flair and it's really more about the concept of believing and hoodoo than it is being terrifying. Like there's no gore or anything like that. It's much more atmospheric and, you know, maybe the only modern convention for 2005, which is was still kind of archaic by then, was it was maybe one of the last of like the side boob movies where it's like the pretty girl is in a house and she has to get dressed, right? Or and she has to sleep in her underwear and be awoken by strange noises in the night. And you get a glimpse of side boob and that's kind of it. Yeah, there was definitely some sleeping in underwear, shower side boobage going on. But I mean, Kate Hudson is, she was playing 25. She So she was playing her age and she's in the full glory of her beauty in youth. Like she's gorgeous. So I could see why you'd want to exploit that. I did find it a little distracting how quaffed she was like throughout the entire film, which I also felt like was a 2000, like an aughts kind of convention where people in movies still look pretty and quaffed and like put together. I don't know. At some point she was pretty washed, drowned rat mascara running, right? Yeah, but that's not until up until basically the finale sequence or the third act. She's got like wedding hair and like... (laughs) medium heavy makeup wedding hair (laughs) yeah she's either got this like really classy updo or she's got like the like relaxed waves you know going on with her you know perfectly like ombre hair or whatever so she she's just looking really put together and i feel like there's a more naturalistic approach to hair and makeup in today's movies this is what makes her stand apart this is what cecile and justify were after or at least justify because cecile doesn't approve <laughs> she wanted the black cecile- one this time <laughs> Right. And so I was thinking, I mean, did it go through your mind that maybe Justify was like interested in a white woman? Yeah. And and the great thing about the, this movie and the reason why we're talking about it is because this movie originally is a washer for the first time. And that's great. And there's a lot of nuance. There is There are hints and things to what's coming down the pike. But watching it again is really then it becomes a watcher. So it's a it's a great combo watcher washer type of movie. But she expresses her concern. She's like, I can see the children are getting acquainted. And she he's like, oh, Violet, right? But uh, Mama Cecile is irked by Justify getting all up on this uh, young girl. <laughs> Whereas we realize at the end that he's just getting acquainted with his new wife's body. Well, I mean, he, she knows no such thing. And remove your perspirations. Right. <laughs> Which never, I, I never quite understood. Uh, well, it keeps, it's it perfectly in keeping with the Violet character. And it just means that, you know, you're getting a little excited there. Like, slow your roll. Okay. I'm sure there's some, it's some Southism that we just don't understand. Well, and definitely those are hints, right? This are the sort of uh, antiquated methods of speaking and things, you know, because these, these two have been around for like a hundred years, give or take. Right. So in the reveal, 
I think the saddest revelation about the Cecile and Justify story is that when the party went south and they start south, get it? Uh, what? That's definitely, that should be the title of the movie. Or like a tagline, this party is going south. <laughs> when the party goes really badly... The, sad, the saddest thing for me was to realize that when they hung Cecile and Justified, they were, which is horrible in and of itself, they were actually hanging the children. <laughs> and this is why we're talking about the skeleton key, because I take absurd joy in that, in a way, writer Aaron Kruger and the crew of this movie pulled one on Hollywood. In what other PG-13 movie can you brutally murder two kids by lynching? <laughs> And, and it's just like, oh, man, those poor slaves. They were just trying to teach the curious children about hoodoo. And you and it's like an hour and a half later, this revelation, and you have no clue what's happening. It's only upon rewatching that you unearth that gem. You're welcome. It's so awful. I mean, it's awful all around. But that extra layer just makes it truly horrifying. And I guess they kind of get around it by showing the flashbacks and just that really PC, quick cut, off-centered footage where you don't really you get a hand or you get a a rope but you never get like a body dangling from a tree you get some feet um i'm gonna i'm gonna gently disagree this is like recalling the uh, event horizon flashbacks long after the fact it was pretty hellish like the kids okay fine at the end caroline and the whole time ben who is now the uh the home of the spirit of the lawyer right he's been dislocated or disembodied or disincorporated and put into the old guy's body yep and and he realizes with kind of a quiet horror that everything that's happening to him and there's not much he can do he tries to communicate caroline when she wakes up you know she's actually talking a little bit and she's horrified at the at the recognition that she's been put into this older lady's body. But boy, when those kids are in the bodies of Justify and Cecile, they're like they're like convulsing and their eyes are rolling back in their heads. It's really bad. Ooh. But the but Justify Justify and Cecile or the kids in the Justify Justify and Cecile vehicles aren't under the influence of their medicines. I mean, couldn't they speak out and be like, don't kill me, I'm your daughter? I don't or think don't they, kill me, I'm your son? See, that's the thing. I don't think they understood what was happening, the kids. Mm. Whereas mm. as as full-fledged adults, you know, perception being a little bit more refined, you can kind of understand. But for the kids, it must have been totally confusing. And unfortunately, they were put out of their misery pretty quickly. But man, I like I don't think the censors, I'm guessing, probably watched it and were like, oh, man, that was that was some at moody, atmospheric PG-13 goodness. Right. And never bothered to revisit the concept. <laughs> they like approved it and moved forward, but then never went back to rethink it, reconsider it. It's like a body possession tale. Next. <laughs> And when you follow the um, the whole story of that family, it's pretty tragic. So the, the kids are disembodied and then hung. And then Cecile and Justify live out their days as the kids. Right. Justify and Cecile are moving down the generations. And then uh, ultimately Cecile ended up in Caroline and, and Justify ended up in, in uh, the lawyer. What was the lawyer's name? Luke. Luke, Marshall. yeah. And so they'll, they'll dispose of, of Violet and Ben. Yep. As needed. 
they're, I guess they're like institutionalized. They weren't murdered or anything. I don't know if they'll die of a stroke, but they're incapacitated and they were trucked off in the ambulance to God knows where, staring at each other. Well, they, they feed Violet the same medicines that they were feeding to Ben. I don't understand. Do they actually keep them in this kind of paralytic state? Or is it just to like subdue them and the horror and trauma keeps them in a paralytic state? I don't know that they, I mean, I'm not sure exactly because for a while they said at the end, Caroline, who was now uh, Cecile, said she's even lost her ability to speak. It's so sad. But she was like whimpering and saying, no, no, when she first was uh, in, in the, the Violet Devereaux body. It's a bit confusing because Cecile as Violet was keeping the lawyer in Ben Devereaux down with the medicines, you yeah. know. She restated again and again how important it was to stay consistent. And then she doubled up his dose at one point. But then later, Caroline, she omits the dose. She does the spirit release chant thing. And then he's he's able to speak. And so I was confused if it was really just in his mind or if it's a combination of being off the medicines for a dose and whatever confidence she gave him. Yeah, kind of a misnomer because she called it his remedies. Right. Okay, that's what I was looking for. I guess it remedied his attitude. (laughs) Okay, and so this is where it kind of starts to fall fall apart for me a little bit because is Violet hiding the help me cloth because she's messing with Caroline and she's trying to get her to believe in this very twisted way? Or is Violet just trying to conceal Ben's true identity? I think she's trying to conceal it. Although there is something to be said for exposition. You know, we see the flashback and we come to understand later what it means. But she does do an awful lot of truth telling to Caroline in in divulging the history of the house in the first place. Like Caroline doesn't really need to know all that stuff. And it's a it's a convenient exposition tactic uh, by the filmmakers. It is. And I justified it because she it all chalked up to this is Violet's ploy or plan to get her to believe like the more information she has the more likely she is to believe yes as a matter of fact one of the taglines for the skeleton key is you will believe they don't have Mm. this party's going south on there but (laughs) some of the other ones a little bit clunky are the skeleton key it can open any door Mm, and my favorite fearing is believing that one's all right. It's got some kind of market gimmickish to gimmickness to it. The key art's pretty bad. Like, key why would art. you not? Wow. Okay, you you will believe is fine. It's kind of X Filesy. It can open any door. Is I guess as good as any for a movie called The Skeleton Key, especially considering the fact that I don't know why it's called The Skeleton Key. Well, the key plays a big role in this, and I thought it was a really nice touch of the filmmakers to get specific about the key. The key is a hero prop, is all old and creepy looking. There's some really cool lock mechanism close-ups. Um, there's even that one crazy keyhole shot, which was a little unrealistic, but still kind of stylistically cool. But why is it called the skeleton key? I don't know. I'm asking. Well, so obviously the key has the very practical application in this massive house, but I think it's also a metaphorical key to unlocking a version of of eternal life. <laughs> Good one. Is that a stretch? It just opens all the doors. I mean, it's the it's like the master solution to the great tragedy of life. Mystery solved. I am here for it. It's the one ring, dude. <laughs> 
and it's stylistic and cool and visual. Yeah. And this is really, it really is, it's like she's unlocking doors. She's checking off boxes. She's going through a really thorough research. She's researching. She's a, she's detectiving. She's sleuthing this out. Like, Caroline is such a wonderful character. She's active. She's brave. She is capable. She's smart. Like, it's a, it's a really great twist that you are rooting for Caroline. And I kind of assumed for a long time that she would succeed, which she really doesn't. Yeah. As the unconven- as John Hurd put it, uh, an unconventional ending is particularly for Hollywood. I mean, you think that she succeeds because her body lives on and stuff, but it's very twisted. And we chose this movie for a reason. It's what would you classify this movie as? I'm not sure that this is horror. Probably best in the thriller vein, kind of a twisty, mind bender, mind bendy kind of way. Yeah, like a thriller. I wouldn't say a religious thriller. It's a spiritual thriller. And in that sort of not-in-your-face horror gory element, I think this makes for, number one, a really good Halloween movie, and number two, a really good discussion for a type of movie that doesn't rely on, man, it was so gross when the thing and the head cut off or whatever. It's atmospheric and, in a way, in a Django Unchained kind of way, it, this this Western aesthetic and cowboys appeals to me in a weird way, and also the Southern thing really works. The backdrop is gorgeous, and and New Orleans, not only the modern-day stuff with Caroline and Joy uh, in the quarter, but also this kind of older throwback-y feel where she's on an ancient plantation house, you know, and and with the Spanish moss, and she, like, rose through the swamp from Terrebonne Parish to New Orleans. Like, it looks looks awesome. It it, it is. It's awesome. It's very atmospheric, and I feel like it appeals to your, like, sling-blady type sensibilities. Yeah, in a weird way. It's like Psycho, though. It's just like the setting is, is so iconic and, and memorable, appealing, I guess. not Maybe not appealing, but uh, it just I think it works very well for this, this yeah. the old house and, and, you know, all the stories and the history. And she won't understand the house and stuff. Yeah. I, and you think for a while that this is going to be a haunted house movie. And in a way it is. Because you can see them in the mirrors. Right. For the first half of the movie, Cecile and Justify are kind of synonymous with the house. Right. So in a way, it's kind of a yeah monster in the house, haunted house movie with this detective-y thriller element and the spiritual element that becomes a body snatchers. I think you hit on it in that the appeal of this movie for me is that it defies convention in a way that it moves through our perception of this movie, at least, isn't tied to a particular thing. You can see that you have creepy enough imagery in general, and it goes from the worry that it's a ghost story and poor Ben is incapacitated in a house full of ghosts, and then maybe it's a elder care thing where Violet is is trying to murder Ben for whatever reason or whatever, and then it you know descends into this whole body switching thing, really kind of at the last stage where we fully understand it, even though the clues are present for the rest of it. Right, and especially when you when you look back at it. Why was Ben so afraid of the mirror? He just didn't want to see the horror of who he was. Like the why Violet was so against it made me think that it would reveal them as being Cecile and Justify and not themselves. What was she smoking, by the way? Were those little cigarillos? I don't know, man. It's all homespun stuff. But I do think everything had a purpose. I mean, we had to show her smoke because that was so the slowpokes can understand. Oh, see, Caroline is smoking just like Violet did. She's Violet. You mean she's Cecile? Well, yes. <laughs> There's three layers we have to go through here. 
the actor layer, the character layer, and then the character within the character layer. And that's good. It's ambitious and it's it's surprising when we when we come to pass. Looking back on this movie, I think of it fondly for any of its like '90s feeling side boob conventions. There's the twistiness that's admirable for a movie that flew under the radar. I think purposefully. And so how do you feel the skeleton key fits into our Halloween programming for 2022? I mean, what do you say about horror movies? It's kind of hard. Oh, you know, was it scary? Was it effective? Was it kind of a cheat? And it, I don't think it qualifies as a cheat because it's so methodically plotted and takes us on this journey, even if we don't realize it at the time. I think it's a pretty smart thriller that is generally my type of of horror movie. I have decided that moving forward, all our reviews in one way or another are going to be tied to Top Gun Maverick. Is that just because you are now like intrinsically tied with Top Gun Maverick? I've just decided all movies are going to be tied in some way to Top Gun Maverick. And this has Aaron Kruger as the writer. And uh, I was following writers at the time and the skeleton key. I was like, whoa, that was twisty and unconventional. I'm going to follow this writer. I saw a thing of him speaking and he was a dorky dude with a little goatee and a full on mullet. And I was like, oh, let's see how well Aaron Kruger holds up. Uh, ultimately went on to co-write the screenplay for Top Gun Maverick. Wow, with heavy hitter Chris McQuarrie. And so Aaron Kruger is doing his thing, I think in part because of this neat little twisty script that um, that maybe was on spec, I'm not sure. But uh, I thought that it had enough. The skeleton key stood out from other horror movies and kind of the way that it was marketed and lumped in with terrible key art and just generally, oh, this is like a The Grudge or the the wasn't there one called the eye with jessica alba maybe that has very similar key art with this grayed out eyeball or whatever i think it it stands apart from you know the conventional genre that it was lumped into and for that reason i remembered it made it a bathroom of terror and wanted to bring it to you the masses and iris's (sighs) attention again and so is the skeleton key from 2005 a totally nope i've watched this movie a lot and i mean I guess in a way it could be a soft totally. I think that every all of the participants in this movie are fine. It can get a little dumb because you either believe or you don't, right? And I, I would imagine that if you do believe and if like voodoo or hoodoo is your thing, this could be terrifying. It's a Freddy Krueger style situation where you couldn't ever really escape. Like nobody's safe, even the young and healthy and stuff. And these people are, are going to hook you in one way or another. But when if you don't believe and if you're like, give it to me or whatever, there are times when they're chasing Caroline in the chase at the end of the movie and Luke can't get to her because she hexed the door. Like right. it falls apart a little bit. Right. And he's chasing her and he can't cross the brick dust. And I get it that it's perfectly in keeping with the movie and, and stuff. But practically on screen, it's dumb that he can't get her right there because of the movie convention, <laughs> the movie, the plot convention. <laughs> I think it's great, and it's pretty much the only weapon she has. Because she believes or whatever. And when uh, Violet ultimately, spoiler, throws the mirror at her, it slides across the floor as a, as as if by its own power. And she's like, I don't believe, I don't believe. And it takes like six minutes to get to her. 
I mean, yes. it's pretty satisfying all around. And the trick of the it is. the circle of protection, the spell that was given to her that was actually meant to keep her contained and stuff. It was just I planted. Think it works really well. It does become sort of a Hollywood, you know, a scary strings chase movie kind of ghosty thing at the end. It devolves into a chase as so many action movies do. I just like thematically that they did something a little bit different in a way that made me remember a movie that I'm not sure anyone really remembers. The Skeleton Key is like the Kate Hudson of horror movies. It was a thing, and now it's not really a thing. But some people remember it fondly. As you do. So, a soft totally? Sure. Let's do it. Let's be generous at the top of Halloween season here at Or Whatever Movies. I think it's a fun watch. It might not be particularly scary. Like, it has enough creepiness to kind of make it scary but it's not terrifying it's more entertaining than it is terrifying which is fine it's a great film to kick off the halloween season um in the words of one imdb reviewer uh it's probably the only hoodoo whodunit <laughs> very good there's a portmanteau in there i'm not willing to suss it out there you have it a good from iris a soft totally from wes that's our discussion on The Skeleton Key from 2005, available on Peacock Premium. Check in all month for our holiday new releases and favorites here at Or Whatever Movies or WhateverMovies.com. Contact us at Or Whatever Movies at gmail.com, 818-835-0473. Follow us on social media. Leave us a spooky message <laughs> and become a movie friend on Patreon because we appreciate your support. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Thank you for listening to this discussion on the Skeleton Key. Have a happy and safe Halloween. We'll see you next time. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.